Till I'm Tiptoed you. Dot com. The podcast about pop culture, black history, and spirituality. Yeah. It's about to be a great vibe. Dr. Tip. Gonna take it away. Till I'm Tiptoed you. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Em Tip Told You. How you guys doing? Hopefully well. It's a beautiful Friday here um, in Albany in southwest Georgia. Uh, so hopefully I'll hit the road or get into some something soon. I need to be writing, so that needs to happen first. Um, but I wanted to, sh- to share some things with you. Here's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the imposter syndrome. Um, it's something that a lot of us suffer with. Um, but I want to, I want us to be honest about why we suffer with it. So I'm going to get into that a little bit. I'm going to talk about the power of imagination. Um, and I also want to hit on the Austin bombings and the terrorism that was not called a thing there in Texas. And then also I want to tell you about some projects I've got coming up, uh, that I think you'll be interested in. So let's just jump right in. Many of us, in academe are familiar with the term, but I'm not so sure lay people uh, use the term the way we do. But I do think all of us suffer from it at some point or another, the imposter syndrome. Um, here's my understanding of the syndrome. The imposter syndrome is when you are afraid that people who think you're smart, they'll eventually find out that your secret is that you're not really smart. Or people who think you're uh, well-mannered may one day find out the secret that you're really not. Or that people who think you're professional may one day find out you're really ghetto fabulous. You know, it's this idea that who um, you are is somehow not real, right? Um, A lot of us suffer from it. I think it's social conditioning to a certain point, especially for black folks in particular. My dog decides to eat right now. I'm sorry if you hear the rumbling in the background. He's had his food dish all morning. He decides to eat now. But anyway, um, it's it's this thing, right, that happens. um, And it makes us really afraid to shine fully in who we are. But it's this idea that I'm not as good as people think I am. Um, I'm not as smart as people think I am. And that somewhere, some way, it's going to eventually come out that I'm not this thing. And it causes us all kinds of anxiety, right? Um, In my own case, it causes me not only to be anxious, but also to just not do, right? There's this resistance to doing. There's this resistance to shining because I'm afraid that if I shine too brightly, someone may learn my secret, right? Um, that's what the imposter syndrome is. It's the tendency to believe that you are not as good as you should be, right? The reality is that none of us are perfect and that every single person in the world has a weakness, right? They have weaknesses. There are places where we all can improve this dog. I swear the dog doesn't want any of my attention till I'm trying to do something. I'm sorry. Um, but it's this thing, right, where we want to hide those weaknesses, we want to hide the chinks in our armor to protect ourselves, but in that protection, we're sometimes doing more harm than good because we're not allowing ourselves to be fully who we are. 
Now, the imposter syndrome is something to be battled. It is something to be battled. I have some brilliant sisters and brothers who don't recognize their own brilliance because they are dealing with the imposter syndrome, right? They can't see their own beauty. They can't see their own excellence. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we know a lot of people like that, that you, you can say to them, oh, you look beautiful today. Oh, yeah, but I need to lose 10 pounds, right? Because they're afraid to fully embrace all of the things that they are for fear that sooner or later someone will tell him tell them that that thing isn't real, right? Now, that's the imposter syndrome. Like I said, it's something that we need to be battling. We need to be confronting. But here's what is coming up for me in my reflection about my own behaviors. And again, I'm not going to put these behaviors on anybody else. They just may be Tiffany's issue. But I want to share Tiffany's issue in case anyone else has the same issue so that you know you're not alone. If I am honest with myself, when I'm battling the imposter syndrome, sometimes I'm battling it because if I'm honest with myself, it's because I know I have not done my best. Right? So when people say to me, you're really smart, you're so well read, and I know I haven't touched anything to read that week, the imposter syndrome is a little bit stronger than it would be if I, if I knew I had done the work. Right? Um, when I was working on my doctoral degree, I remember reading like four or five books a week. And I'm talking about reading, reading, reading well enough to sustain a discussion. So reading them a week. And so when people tell me now I'm well read, I flash back to those Emory days and I'm like, well, shit, I ain't reading for real. I'm not as well read as you think. And it embarrasses me and it makes me want to shy back from discussing things I do know about because I don't want anybody to ever find out I didn't read that week. Right. Um, same thing with my writing. I consider myself a writer. You guys know that not because I publish things, but because that's how I think. I think in text, um, written text. I have to move words on a page, see how they how, how I can manipulate ideas by moving them visually. Um, I'm also a visual learner, so that's probably why I have to do that. Um, but when people say things to me about you write really quickly, you write very clearly, you know, you should do something with that. You should be publishing. You should be working with these venues and getting your ideas out there. There is shame there because I know I don't write as often as I should, right? So the imposter syndrome is empowered by my own lack of discipline, right? So if I'm truly battling the imposter syndrome, it's not enough just to tell myself, yeah, Tiffany, it's okay to be a good writer. You're a good writer, you know, shine. No, it means, Tiffany, you're a good writer. You know you ain't done shit this week. You need to write. And that, that way, the imposter ha syndrome has less um, ammunition to use against me. There's an African proverb that says, if there is no enemy within, the enemy without cannot harm you. Right? So if I'm doing the best that I can do, if I'm doing everything I can do to shine, and the imposter syndrome comes, that's another kind of battle. Um... And it's an easier battle to win. But if I'm battling the imposter syndrome and I'm fueling it because I haven't done my work, then it's a little bit more difficult to deal with. So I think, you know, you've heard me say before that we, we should be challenging one another to be excellent. I think it's very important that we also learn to challenge ourselves to be our best selves. And that is being honest with ourselves. So I'm, I'm in that position now. I have allowed myself to become academically lazy. Right. I'm working on that. 
I'm working on that. If you follow the blog, then you should be seeing that there are now more regularly uh, posted blog posts. So it's not months between or even a year between a blog post like it used to be. Um, I'm trying to be more productive. I'm also um, working on some other things I'm going to talk about towards the end of this podcast. But I am trying to be more productive in my life. I have... Um, I haven't gotten strong enough to turn off cable yet because, you know, my Internet is janky at the house, so I can't really do my Roku thing um, and stream shows. But I try to keep the TV off most of the time. So now I'm only I'm down to like an hour or so of TV a day. That's still too much because there is so much I want to do. Um, I lost a dear friend this week. Um we were roughly the same age. I might be older than him. We were roughly the same age. And then, you know, we lost Craig Mack um, last week. <clears throat> Those two deaths of people my own age have done something to me in terms of um, seeing my own mortality in a different kind of way. I think it's something that happens when you get older in general anyway. And then when death is that close, um, it causes you to wake up and some things that I have uh, come to face are that I have dreams and ideas that I don't want to die inside of me. I don't, I have a book inside me. I don't want to die with it. Right. I have some work to do. I don't want to die with that work undone. I want um, to produce during this lifetime, everything I'm supposed to produce. And that's going to require that Tiffany is completely honest with Tiffany about being lazy. And I have been very lazy. So I need, I need y'all to hold me accountable. My accountability partners know who they are. Please check in with the sister, please. Um, and I'll do the same for you. But I just wanted to talk about that because I do know that we talk a lot about the imposter syndrome. I'm not sure we really talk about how it's fueled by sometimes our own lack of discipline. Um, I'm all for being easy on self and being patient with self, but sometimes you got to kick self in the ass and I I'm kicking myself in the ass right now. Um, related to that in a kind of tangential kind of way is the power of imagination. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I think, um, Black Panther, the film has done a lot for, <clears throat> uh, black communities globally to rethink um, power, power dynamics, political engagement, economic realities, social conditions, gender balance and gender roles. I think it's causing us to rethink a lot of things. Um, and I want to celebrate the power of imagination. You've probably heard me say before, and I'm sure you'll hear me say it many, many times from now because it is one of my favorite essays. Okat Pivotek has written an essay called The Artist, The Ruler. Um, and in it, <clears throat> uh, he argues that it's not politicians, it's not religious leaders, it's not the rich people that control society, it's the artist. And the artists are able to control society because they spark imagination. See, we can't make something real until we imagine that it is real. And if we think back to our childhood, we spent a lot of time in imaginative play, right? I wonder how often we're allowing ourselves to daydream now. We live in a world, one of the things that I think is beautiful is this new spirit. I don't, it's not a new spirit. This growing spirit of entrepreneurialism in the black community. Many of us are now pushing to be self-employed and to employ other people in the community. I think it's a beautiful movement. 
Y'all know I believe in a side hustle. I got three or four going right now. I need about three or four more. And I need some of them to really pop. Um, so I'm all about the side hustle. Um, one of the beautiful things is that if we imagine a thing, we can make it so, right? And in this entrepreneurial setting, in this movement, there is this tendency to be in this grind or die mode. You got to want it more than you breathe. You got to want it more than the air. You know, I understand that. And I think it's important to want things. Um, but I also think it's important that when we're wanting things, that we give ourselves time to imagine ourselves with that thing, right? It's like the law of attraction. You know, you got to you gotta feel that you've already gotten it. You've got to be grateful for already getting it. And then it'll manifest. It's that stuff, right? I don't want to put all the new agey stuff on it. But I do know that if you can't imagine yourself with a thing, you can never have the thing. Um, I think somehow up until this I think now black folk are paying more attention to art. It's something historically we have always paid attention to, the power of the artist. If we look back in Benin Kingdom, which is one of my favorite examples, um, the Obat always had to depict himself as a supernatural be being in carvings so as to justify his position on the throne, right? So we understand the power of art for generating political reality. We have historically understood it. Malefi Asante says all the time that there is no such thing as art for art's sake. Um, but that's because of the power of imagination. So let me get back to what I'm saying about imagination. I think we spend so much time grinding. We're meal prepping. We're doing yoga. We're going to the gym. We're working hard on our nine to five. Then we come home. We're working on our side hustles. We're trying to sustain relationships with our friends and our loved ones. And we're doing all of these beautiful things to ensure we have good balanced lives. But I think it's important to remember that in that grind, part of your grind has to be daydreaming imagining just allowing your mind to float freely through time and space because that's where your best ideas will come from they don't come from um doing all the time we are human beings sometimes we just have to be and allow ourselves to just explore our minds and the crevices and nooks and crannies of that brain and let the god that's there manifest some of our realities but i don't know that we're spending enough time in imaginative play we got to do that Right. Close your eyes. Watch little kids like little kids have no problem having a full out Carnegie Hall concert with a hairbrush. I mean, when did we lose that? We have to get back to that. I think it's important to get back to that. We have to imagine a different reality. And this is where the Austin bombings come in for me. You know, if you've been paying attention um, to news, then, you know, um, that there was uh, a terrorist in Austin, Texas sending package bombs to black families. Now, the mainstream media really hasn't discussed it a whole lot. And even when they discuss it, they remove the racial component completely. Um, and then we've got um, more police brutality, more um, police violence against our black men, black women, uh, black youth in particular. It's, it's a lot going on right now um, in terms of protecting ourselves. And I think what we need to do as a community is to imagine a different social reality. Right? Uh, let me give you an example of what I mean. The other day, um, some of you know, I, I'm in teacher education, so I train future teachers. And we were having a discussion and we were talking about 
how the public school system is set up and how school board members often don't even have to have a degree. And if they do have to, if they do have a degree, it's often not in education. Many of them have never worked in the field of education, but they're still helping to establish policy and to interpret policy that's passed down by the federal government and the state governments, right? And so the students were just, well, what else can be done? What, 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 how else can it be done? I don't understand if we stop doing it that way, what would it look like to do it another way? And, and it hurt me because these kids can't imagine another reality, right? We were also talking about high stakes testing and how uh, testing has narrowed the curriculum in such a way that really, really critical thinking is threatened, even though we know the 21st century job skills require critical thinking, right? Um, excuse me, it's pollen season in Georgia. Um, but it hurt me that these students couldn't imagine a different way of life. And part of that is because they don't sit and think about what could be, right? They're so busy dealing with what is that they don't take time to imagine what could be. And I just want to, um, I, I want to remind us of that. So that's a little bit of balance between what I said earlier about having the discipline to do the work so that you can battle your imposter syndrome, but you also, in that battle, have to carve out time to daydream, to relax, and to allow your imagination to flow. That's where the solutions to some of these problems will come from. I'm, I'm, I'm certain of that. You know, imagination is very important. So what would it look like? How do we plan communities so that they can self-police? What does it look like to be um, a prison abolitionist? Like, can we imagine a society without need for incarceration? If we can imagine that, then we might be able to implement some of the strategies that would be needed to make it so, right? But I think the imagination is what's key. We got to figure out how to make these things work. We got to figure out how to make these things work. Now, for me, when I'm thinking through things like that and I'm trying to imagine a different uh, sociopolitical economic reality for my people... Um, my ancestors play a huge role in my day-to-day -day work, in my writing. Um, I've gotten to a point where I write best when I am deliberately writing as a part of a spiritual ritual. Um, and my ancestors have many, many stories they want to tell. They've helped me many times in my research. And being tied to them gives me a source of strength when I don't feel strength myself, when I don't feel strong myself. And I want to share some of that with you. Um, one of the things I liked about, and I said this before in the last episode, one of the things I like about Black Panther as a film is that it has more people thinking about ancestral reverence and how to work with ancestral spirits, um, to revive and rejuvenate their lives and their passions and to be a form of protection and, and to ensure the stability of lineage and all these kind of beautiful things ancestral reverence can do. And so tomorrow, which is Saturday, um, March 24th at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, I am doing an intro to Ancestral Reverence class online. It'll be an online webinar, so no matter where you are, you can tune in again, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, it'll be an online webinar on Introduction to Ancestral Reverence. It's not going to be um, anything too esoteric. It's just basic. What can you do to get started with ancestral practice that day? Like by the time of that webinar, you should be able to do some stuff, um, not just understand who the ancestors are. We'll cover that. We'll also cover where the ancestors sit in the grand scheme of things. We'll discuss that. 
But by the end of that, you will have some concrete to-dos to get started with your work that evening, right? So I'm encouraging everybody who is going to, if you haven't already registered for the class, but you're still interested, make sure you register for the class so I can see you the definitions because there's some things I want you to read over before we get started so that we're starting on the same page, right? So I just wanted to throw that plug out there. If you're interested in that, if you go to Eventbrite and just and search for Intro to Ancestral Reverence, it'll come up, right? It's just a $9 fee uh, to help me support the software. Um, Zoom is not free for webinars, only free for meetings. So for, to help me defray the cost of offering it, the $9, nine being the number for Egun and Lukumi. So um, that's why. And you'll know what I mean by Egun and Lukumi if you tune into the class. So that's going on. The other thing that's going on is I am currently working on a workbook that is designed to help you become more clear about the things you want to accomplish, help you identify some behavioral patterns that may be prohibiting you from accomplishing those goals, and helping you create and implement concrete strategies for obtaining your goals. So that workbook um, is almost done. I've got two or three more worksheets I want to add to it, and I'm hoping to add to uh, that to this weekend so that I can send it off to be published next week and then they should be available for purchase very soon. My goal is to have that to you um, by the second quarter of the year, which is just in a few weeks. We, this, 2018 is flying by. If you ain't ready, get ready, right? Um, we It's time out for not living our best lives. It is really time to celebrate ourselves uh, to recognize the fullness of ourselves and to be as full as we can be in ourselves, like to be all parts of us. Uh, again, I told you I was dealing with mortality. And part of that is if, I, if I'm honest with myself, I've not accomplished everything I want to do and I'm not living my most full life. Like there are days when I don't leave the house, not because I don't want to, but because, you know, I'm lazy. I don't feel like getting dressed. I don't want to put no makeup on and you know, I don't want to be, Albany is, is not much to do here. So, you know, but I'm young and I have access to a vehicle and I've got enough money to put a little change in the gas tank. And even if I just ride to the next town over and do some sightseeing, go to the park in the next town over, I'm going to start doing things like that because I deserve to um, be holy and completely Tiffany. And Tiffany enjoys doing. I love road trips. So I'm going to take more, right? Anybody who wants to ride along, you know, you want to ride shotgun, let me know. We'll plan some stuff. Um, I was talking to some sisters online the other day. Let's plan some trips to Jamaica. Let's go get our groove back. You know, let's, and it doesn't always have to be expensive things. Like I said, let's just go to the park and swing with the kids. Let's do some things to celebrate who we are. We, so much of our happiness and joy is attacked daily for all different kinds of reasons, um, that we really deserve to protect it. We, we deserve to protect our joy. Um, let's do it. Okay. All right, so I've covered everything I wanted to cover today. I wanted to, to share those things with you and some ideas. I'm looking forward to hearing back from you. If you have some um, something to say about today or you have some ideas you want to discuss, make sure you send me an email at drtip, D-R-T-I-P, at tellemtiptoldyou.com. Make sure you subscribe to the um, the blog so that when information about that workbook and some other classes I've got coming out, I've got... Um, I'm working on a free ebook on how to work with crystals because some people are interested in that. And um, those affirmation cards I told you might be coming are coming. 
So I got some things in the works. Make sure you subscribe to the blog so that you can get updates when those things come out. And again, I'm producing more there. So go and read. Let me know what you think. Dr. Tip at TellHimTipToldYou.com. I've enjoyed working with you today. Again, if you're interested in the, in the Ancestral Reverence course, I want you to go ahead over to Eventbrite and put in Intro to Ancestral Reverence. Share it with some friends who may also be interested. And I look forward to meeting you back here on our next episode. Thanks so much. This is Dr. Tip. Tell them to told you. Love you. Bye.